Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back to the Palin Finn Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Yakgadget, for all your fine quality kayak fishing accessories. Go to yakgadget.com. Sell it in cases, coolers, and lighters. Go to Pelican.com and the 153 Bait Company for all your hard and soft bait needs. Go to the153angler.com. So join with me as together we dive into the tips and techniques that will help make us better anglers out on the water. Hey everyone, welcome back to another great episode of Bass Fishing for Noobs here on the Paddle and Fin Network. I am your host, Sean Lavery, and uh, I just wanted to get everything started tonight with a little bit of a story. Uh, I uh, was looking for a guest and um, had read an article by a gentleman named Kyle Peterson. Um, and I went on to uh, Facebook to kind of search for uh, the gentleman to kind of reach out to him and ask him to be on the show to talk about some of the things he talked about in the article. Um, oddly enough, I ended up with an entirely different Kyle Peterson, but as we uh, got to talking, it turned out that he had an interesting story, too. So tonight's show will be a little bit different than our normal uh, kind of techniques and, and uh, that kind of show. But uh, I think it'll be interesting just the same. So without any further ado, I'd like to bring on tonight's special guest, the Kyle Peterson that I really wanted to talk to. So, uh, <laughs> Kyle, welcome to Bass Fishing for Noobs. Thanks. Thanks for having me. No problem. So... Um, as uh, the, those of you watching on YouTube can probably see, um, Kyle is a soft bait designer for Berkeley, and um, I thought it would be really neat to get his uh, perspective on that, kind of how he got into that and everything, um, just because I, I feel like it, it would be an interesting change of pace for our show, but I, I, I have a lot of curiosity about it. I'd love to you know learn more about it, so I figured that it would be fun to have you on, so welcome. Thank you. Yeah, it's... Uh... It's a dream job, man. I can't believe it myself sometimes <laughs> when I wake up and, you know, get to do fishing all day. So it's been quite the experience and very humble and pleased and just been amazing. 
Awesome. Awesome. Well, uh, obviously, uh, first time on the Best Position for Noob segment. So uh, we'll get started by uh, just having you uh, tell the folks who you are, where you're from, uh, that kind of deal. Yeah. So my name is Kyle Peterson. Like you said, uh, I live in Spirit Lake, Iowa. That's where Berkeley is. Berkeley is founded and from uh, originally from this little town called Joyce, Iowa. It's got like 250 people in it. I'm not even a gas station. So I grew up with uh, playing out in the street lights until they came home and then, you know, you had to get home. So started off there um, fishing with my dad a lot. And it's kind of funny because he used to love trout fishing and the Berkeley power bait doe was his favorite. So we always go out uh, over Eastern Iowa and trout fished kind of grew up doing that. And then in high school, I started to do a lot more northern fishing and bass fishing in the rivers. Um, really, really started to enjoy that. I was the kind of kid that skipped school and, you know, be caught out fishing all the time. So <laughs> probably shouldn't have done that as much now looking back, but here I am. So it's not so bad, right? The ends justify the means, I think, right? Yeah. Yep. So I, I went to Northern Iowa Community College just in NIAC, and I actually got a degree or diploma diploma in building trades. Um, loved doing construction. I built houses, did commercial stuff, and uh, found myself down in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Um, and this is kind of the where my fishing really took off. I uh, was introduced to uh, a guy named Buck Perry. I don't know if you guys know who he is at all. I, I haven't heard recommend. that name, but I'll definitely have to check him out. You're going to have to look that up. So Buck Perry is like the founder of fishing. He is like <laughs> the original guy that started it all. And he's got these books uh, called The Successful Guide to Fishing or something like that. I don't remember the top of my head. So I started reading those and it it really changed the way around of thinking, like how I thought about when I went out on the water and everything else. Like it, it kind of breaks it down. It's not an absolute, but it really helped me. So I would build, you know, I'd build uh, houses and stuff, 40 hour work week. And man, I was on the water 32 hours on a weekend. Wow. I was just 16 hour days. I was just obsessed. And I, I musky fished a lot. They're such a unique creature and going after them that it just, it, you, you kind of get addicted to it. And I'm not going to lie. <laughs> so I had some, and like I said, I would, I'd just fish nonstop. And then I'd, started after reading those books i started thinking about lures and what they're you know they're more tools than anything like a lure is a tool to get the job done whatever the fish wants right so i really started to think about like lures as tools and my tackle box became my toolbox of how to get the job done when i broke down the water so that's kind of how i got started into building lures so this is before anything like that and I, a musky lure, I really wanted uh, a bait that would hang in the water with this big tail, right? That okay. moved a lot of water and I could work at slower speeds. And there wasn't really anything like that in the musky world. So I honestly uh, went to the wooden lathe, made a body and uh, super sculpty, baked it in an oven, started messing around with molds and kind of failed miserably several several times like it was not easy um you know and it was kind of you set it on the shelf and winter would come around and i'd pull it back out and i'd work on it again and i'd fail again and it's kind of unique so 
at that time down there in Cedar Rapids, uh, my dad had become pretty ill with cancer. Um, I lost him. And then, and it, it all played out. It's just so weird how this, how your life changes and it's, you know, it starts out as bad, but somehow it's all amazing. But anyways, um, I lost my dad to cancer in 2015. Um, I met this girl who's now my wife. And then we came up to Clear Lake, Iowa to take care of my mom because she got ill as well about a year and a half later. So we're here. I moved from Cedar Rapids. I moved back up to, to Clear Lake and that's where there's a hometown. Clear Lake's got muskies in it. And that's where I kind of started to think about my lure again. I pulled it back out of the shelf, started working on it some more. And I think I got a working prototype that actually worked. And we went out fishing one night after work and my, my wife, girlfriend at the time, she had just caught her first muskie. She was pumped, right? We were fishing down the thing like 10 minutes in. It, it was a, it was a squeak. I mean, it would swim and get his head stuck in our net and like pin its gill plate shut. And I was getting pretty frustrated. I'd get it out and it'd do it again. And I ended up just dumping the net. I'm like, you'll catch another one. Well, I was throwing my prototype and, uh, not even 10 casts later, I caught like a 42 incher on it. And I was pretty pumped and she still gives me a hard time about that. So I'm like, wow, like I might have something here, right? Like you catch a muskie in 20 minutes out fishing. That's not bad. So I, I had this mold and these were garage baits. They were nowhere near pretty or anything. Um, I ended up going and making some more and I gave them to some friends that go up North and they caught, I think seven muskies in a weekend and nothing was smaller than 44 inches or something like that. It was just unreal. Wow. I'm like, holy cow, like this is, this is cool. Right. So much for the fish of 10,000 casts. If you can do it. Yeah. In 10. Right. It was, <laughs> it was unreal. And all my buddies loved it because no one else could have that lure and they were just hammering fish. So I started thinking about taking it to the, the next step. And I went and talked to a machine shop about making a mold, a production grade mold. And they came back and said, you know, here, Kyle, it'll be such and such dollars. And I'm like, oh, that's not bad. I can, I can probably swing that. I'll do some extra work and pay for that, you know, just to do it. And, uh, you know, two weeks come by and they came back with me and there was five times the cost that they originally mm -hmm. said. And I'm just like, oh my God, I told this guy to make me this mold and how am I going to pay for this? And like at that point in it's funny, like I was sweating that bill so much, like how am I going to pay for all this money? I, I decided, well, I'll make them and I'll sell them. That's, that's what I'm going to do. So I uh, started my ex, my old company called Peterson Lures. Uh, it was called the Whale Tail. Um, they're still made today. I had to sell the company afterwards, but um, I, I made a website, got a logo. I was everyone. I was the graphic designer. <laughs> I was a chipper. I, my garage just transformed. Um, it was it's kind of funny the day that I opened the website and I just posted on Facebook, like, Hey guys, going to start selling these looter lures. And my little website would give me a, like a notification. So I open it and, you know, 10 minutes go by 15, nothing's happening. An hour goes by. I'm like, shit, like <laughs> pretty soon, like four hours go by and I go, Bing! you sold your first order. I'm like, nice, sweet. Right. That's pretty, pretty rewarding. And then it didn't stop. It kept going up, bing, 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 wow. bing. And I'm like, oh my God, what just happened? <laughs> so 
it absolutely sucked, dude. I'm not going to lie. I was in my garage after work from four o'clock till 10 o'clock every night. My weekends were gone. I was just sitting there making baits the whole time. So at this point, I think my wife and I were just getting married. So we just got married. Um, we were and this guy named Dan Spangler, who is the hard bait designer over there at Berkeley had posted about this job about here's your chance to work at Berkeley or whatever. And I'm like, Oh my God, this would be like a dream come true. Right. At right. this point I'm, I'm probably getting, I was getting a little, I've been with construction for 10 years, 12 years. And I was getting a little tired of it. You know, like I, my body's getting shot and everything. So I, I jump off the whim. I do a resume and a cover letter and I send it in. And I think we're on, yeah, we were on the anniversary and I got an email back saying that, sorry, but pure fishing has filled this, this job. And I'm like, bombed. Right. right. I'm like, whatever. I'm like, I'm going to do my own thing and I'm going to kick ass at it. So I come back and I ramp it up and we went into like, we did really, we did pretty good at it for a couple months. And then I was, I was getting burnt out, you know, there's no free time. I think I, I didn't even fish that fall or anything. Um, and I think it was a hot summer day and I was insulating my attic for winter to, for the garage, you know, I'm all sweaty and dust is sticking to me and I'm just irritated. But starting the company, I answered every single phone call. I cared about customer service. Anyone had a complaint, I took care of it. And here's this unknown number and I'm up in the attic, like pissed off, right? Ever. And I pick up the phone. Hi, this is Kyle Peterson, Peterson Lewis. How can I help you? And they're like, Hey, this is such and such for pure fishing. We'd like to bring you in for an interview. I'm just like, what? Like, yeah, absolutely. Whatever. Um, so long story short, we, uh, got offered the job, moved to spirit Lake, sold my house, bought a new house, sold the company and we were expecting a baby. So that was quite the change there for us. Yeah, it was, it was unreal. <laughs> so I've been with, uh, pure fishing now for a year and a half. Um, some of the baits that I've been working on are just hitting the stores now. And, uh, it's pretty exciting to see that it's, uh, it's definitely a lot more, you know, designing a lure that's going to Japan and Europe and Australia. That's, that's something that I'm super proud about. Like I get to reach some people and, um, yeah, it's been, it's been fast and I've learned a lot and beer, beer fishing has been nothing but amazing to me. They're like a family, you know, and just some great people over there. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So, so here I am today doing a podcast. Right. Right. Dude, uh, you never know the strange twists and turns, uh, you know, the way life takes you. Like you yeah. said, I, I mean, certain things can feel uh, like it's the end of the something or, you know, um, I had a very similar experience with, with my stepfather passing away from cancer uh, roughly around the same time. And um, it really kind of, you know, made me pause and kind of think about where I was in life. And, you know, if I was doing everything that I really wanted to do and, you know, uh, it it definitely changed my way of thinking and how I approached life in general. And, you know, because I realized, hey, my my time is limited, you know, and I, I took a look at, you know, certain aspects of my life and I said, you know, am I where I want to be? Am I doing something that's meaningful to me? You know, anybody can right. go punch, punch a clock and, you know, just put away the hours. But, you know, if you're not putting life into the life you're living, then, you know, what's really worth it. So, um, yeah, like 
it's it is absolutely crazy to think that you know it all triggered from my you know my dad passing away first caused me to have to move back home quit my job to take care of my mom which and then turned into that peterson lures which turned into here i am at berkeley with a healthy family and some great people around me yeah that's it's amazing um did you know that Berkeley was in that area or were you? I kind didn't. Of- I had no idea that uh, Berkeley was founded here right in Spirit Lake in, you know, early 1900s. Um, okay. or Berkeley Bedell started off making fishing flies for panfish out of hooks and dog hair, his dog's hair. That's how it all started. <laughs> okay. It's, it's just crazy to think that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, now it's a world known company. Yeah. Right. It's unreal. Yeah. Uh, you imagine, you know, if he could, you know, look, if he knew then how it would grow, I, I'm sure, you know, he probably wouldn't have believed it. <laughs> yeah. He, Ta- or Berkeley Bedell passed away. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I would say six months before I got my job here. Wow. So, so he really was. Still he, lived a, he lived a good life, a long, good life. Yeah. Wow. Wow. All right. So you mentioned um, like you, you'd fished a lot with your dad and stuff. Uh, was that uh, mostly boat fishing or were you guys bank fishermen or, you know, little boats? Uh, yeah, Obviously. we did. Uh, he always whooped my ass fishing too. I'll never forget <laughs> that. We, uh, we did a lot of bank fishing. We'd go over to the streams and we'd use uh We'd always throw power bait out on a bobber or whatnot and uh, crappie tubes. You love little tubes that you dart around for the trout. And then it's, you know, trout are fun and everything, but they're a little chub, right? They're, I wanted the big fish. That's what I've always been after is the big fish. So he started pike fishing more with me in the rivers and, and he'd still just whoop my ass. I mean, it wasn't even close. Like he'd just destroy me. They kind of pushed me to become better and better. Right. So we always did that. Uh, never, never out of a boat. We didn't own a boat growing up. It was all just stream and fishing from shore. Okay. And then I think I bought my first boat when I was 23 years old and I haven't looked back. I, I don't know. I still go stream fishing and waders or whatnot, but put me in a boat with some electronics. I can, it's pretty fun to figure them out that way. Nice. And I imagine uh, when you're targeting muskie, you uh, boat's almost a necessity at that point, right? Yeah. Yeah. You can do it from shore. And I've had some amazing experiences fishing out of waders or off a dock just because, but it, it all stemmed from learning the lake and knowing it from a boat. But gotcha. you, can, you can do it. And I would recommend trying it if you're ever trying to get one, but a boat definitely helps for that. Okay. Okay. Um, and uh, so you, we kind of talked about how you ended up with at Berkeley when you, when you got started there, was it, it was it what you expected or they, they kind of just throw you into the fire and be like, Hey, you know, uh, how'd you end up in soft plastics? Right. So soft baits. So soft baits, that's what my lure was. And I interviewed uh, quite extensively before the job and, you know, you can't go to school to become a soft bait designer, right? You got to, in the reason I got the role is I had passion. Like, 
fishing is what I do. I think about fishing. That's all I do. I go to work and then I go home and I fish when I can, you know? So you, you got to have the passion for it. And I had expertise in like other areas like machining and stuff that I understood and, you know, kind of doing it with my company helped me get this job. So the first week that I was there was my boss actually was out on a sales meeting. I uh, came in and Dan Spangler, the hard bait guy, he's a couple of years older than me, quite a few more gray hairs than me. <laughs> Just remember that. He, uh, he kind of took me around, showed me the ropes. He's kind of put me under his arm a little bit because he's done, he's been there forever. He's been there 10 years now, 11 years. I don't, I'm not sure, but he kind of, kind of showed me what my role is going to be. And then it was kind of start doing your thing, Kyle, start designing and here's some projects and stuff like that. And, I kind of learned as I went, but I do, I wasn't alone the whole process there. Everyone there is helping me, you know, I was going to say, I imagine there's kind of a team, right. That you, you work. Oh with yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. There's a whole, I'm in the research and development part. So there's a whole, a whole team around, you know, I could sit there and name off everyone from, you know, so I'll, I'll just give you a little rundown. Keith is my boss. Keith uh, oversees the hard bait and soft bait design so he's uh dan spangler's boss who's my equivalent to hard bait and dan mm -hmm. has uh, a cad designer named kelly kelly's the most amazing lady you'll ever meet and then i have uh, a cad designer named mike watts and mike watts everything you probably see on the shelf is done by him he's been there for i think he might be there for 40 years now wow so mike's mike's been there a long time and then Oh, Lori, Lori helps with sourcing stuff, um, communications. And then there's the whole, obviously power bait, the scent. There's a whole applied chemistry lab with one, two, four people in there, wow. just being chemists working on that stuff. Okay. And, um, and I, I, I figured we could maybe touch a little bit on what the process looks like. So when you get started with the bait, are you more like, thinking about uh, kind of a technique or a, a specific shape, and then you build it from there, or are you really just looking at a niche that you have to fill or, Hey, we, you know, this is yeah, a, so, kind of a hole in the market that we think we could put something into. So there's a, there's a few different ways that a, a bait like that will come up. So um, I have my own projects that I have to do. We call those the bullpen projects. So, that's something that I, I pull out and I think we need this and I work on it myself to get it to where we think it is. And then it's just kind of sitting along the side. And obviously, uh, Berkeley, the brand is aware of all this and everything else, but that's one way, my favorite way, because, because it's my, you know, my idea. Right. So yeah, right, right. The, the second idea, um, we'll go with, uh, brand. So brand will say, you know, they do the strategic planning or whatever and they say you know, like you're saying we need to fill this void so there's that way um kind of i'll kind of like order in all of the competitive samples in the shape let's say a grub and then i will analyze sit there and really look at this scrub and how it moves and everything else um it's it's really cool if you ever get the chance to tour berkeley we have a, a five foot wide 65 foot 14 or 13 foot casting pool and you can go underground and you can see the tank the whole time. So we can watch lures free fall in the water um, and we can just compare them and do anything like that. So 
that's one way that I start. And then the, the way that makes a lot of people jealous, it's kind of cool, but we have pro input. So Edwin Evers, Mike Iconelli, Skeet Reese, Jordan Lee, Justin Lucas, Edwin Evers, all those guys um, have project ideas that they want to work on. Um, and I, I get to be a part of that. So, you know, we talk on the phone, they come in and we build baits that way until we get their approval on it. And it's not done until we get their approval on it. And I'm sure there's a lot of back and forth with that uh, where you, they send yes. you an idea, you put it into practice, let them t uh, try it. And then they come back with tweaks and say, okay. Yep. And then... Several, several revisions that you take me many, many months to get, to get right. So from, from like start to finish, what's the average time for uh, like a bait development? Would you say? It, it all depends per, per project. I know you said on average, but um, some of the simpler ones will take a year over okay. a year. And some of the complex ones, you know, you know, I'm working out till 2023, 20, 24 on them wow. just, just to get them absolutely right. So um, there's, there's uh, I mean, I can go a little bit more in depth on some of that stuff. Like, we don't only, you know, we bring competitive sample as we analyze a grub. Um, we get a working prototype that we're super happy with and we don't give up there. So our number one rule rule at uh, Berkeley there is we try to let the fish decide. Like we'll take and we'll field evaluate that bait throughout a season, um, not just us, but the pros. And we'll fish those head to head and everything else like that until we're happy with the bait. So that's, so we might be happy with it, but if it comes back and it's it's not really catching them, we we switch it up. And sometimes they don't make launch or whatnot, but we're really trying to produce the the best baits out there that catch the most fish. Interesting, interesting. So I mean, uh, for me, that seems like such a jump from like where like I'm I'm I wouldn't say I'm a professional angler at this point. I uh, I do I fish a ton. But yep. uh, I'm still relatively new. I've only been, you know, really fishing for maybe four years now, maybe uh, yep. give or take a few. Um, so I would be more worried that I'm not doing something right. And that's why I'm not catching fish versus the bait is doing something that it shouldn't be. And uh, I guess that's why you have seasoned veterans like Iconelli and stuff testing them out because they'll know what whether, you know, it's the bait that's not working or something else is causing that to happen. Yeah, they can usually pick up a rod and uh, be pretty accurate with knowing how things feel and stuff like that. I mean, I mean, how long has Edwin been fishing professionally? Yeah. Forever. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he's made a few casts in his life. Do you uh, do you get to test your specifically outside? Like, uh, you know, how often do you get to go outside the, you know, the tank or whatever, actually go yeah. on local water and you know, everyone says, oh, tough day fishing, right? They all they get it at you. Um, but um, if there's, I do more uh, durability testing, you know, like if I'm working on something, I don't make sure my bait doesn't tear off the jig easy or something like that. Um, but I can usually, it doesn't take me long to get that test done. You know, a couple okay. of fish and you start, you start knowing what's going on with your bait and then you make your changes and you go back out and try it again. So depending on the project year and such stuff like that, I will, uh, I get out, I don't know, quite a bit, but it's not like I'm fishing every single day. It's nothing like that. You know, does if it I change? Out, Go ahead. No, sorry. I, I was just trying to put a number on there for you of like how, how many times I get out. It's kind of hard to tell, but 
two, three times a month, maybe. Okay. Maybe okay. four, but I do a lot of fishing on my own time or not my own time, but you know, right. I do a lot of fishing outside of work and everything else that helps out. And I, it... I do use a lot of other people's input. Okay. You know, to help out with that as well. Right. Right. Sometimes the, you know, sometimes fishing a top water in the spring when water's ice is just going out, isn't going to get you bit. So you got to rely on other people for that type thing. Right. Right. Does it change the way you fish at all when you are fishing for fun or more on your own time? Do you? you yeah, yourself... it definitely does. Uh, you know, let's say you're out fishing and, Oh, let's see a good example of this. You're, you're out throwing a creature bait, right? And you're, you're pitching it under docks and it's hot and it's sunny and you're not getting bit, but you know, you know that the guy next to you is just crushing them on top water type thing. You got to keep doing what you're there to do versus having the fun fishing. So it's hand in hand. I'm out fishing. It's awesome, but it's not always catching. Right. Right. And I'm sure there's a lot more things you have to pay attention to, like how it's moving through the water. You know, Oh yeah. We're, I document all that, keep all the notes and I'm not just fishing. I'm, it's work. I'm, I'm writing down like misses and how many fish I'm catching on the bait and stuff that's going wrong. So things like that. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and so a lot of those prototypes they're produced there on site or they, you know, do you have to, is it kind of like where you send your ID out and then you get a shipment in of that? Yeah, you know? we try to, we try to do all things in house. Okay. We try to make all the prototypes in house. Neat, neat. That sounds great to have that right in your backyard. <laughs> it's it's unbelievable when you open those doors at Berkeley, what's inside there. <laughs> I'm definitely going to have to make mind. a trip out there and visit it. I've seen pictures yeah. of the tank tank or video of the tank online, um, so I, I was familiar with that. Um, I read a book by, uh, oh, what was that guy's name? It's called Knowing Bass, and he talks about going to Berkeley and, and testing. Oh, Keith tank. Jones? Uh Yes. Dr. Yes. Keith Jones. Yeah. He's, uh, he's the science that I, I might be speaking out of turn there, but I'm pretty sure he's the founder of the whole, the fish lab and always study the fish and everything else like that. Yeah, no, that's a definitely a cool book too. Uh, I've learned a lot from that book, but I'm definitely yeah. going to have to check out the Buck Perry stuff too. So that will blow your mind. I'm telling you. Awesome. Awesome. I can't wait. So, um, Interesting. So I, I, that sounds like a, an amazing thing. And, and have you, um, what's, what's it like when, like how much product review do you get back? Like, you know, you have a product and it makes it to the shelf. Um, how many, how much of that gets back to you? Oh man, I just crushed it. Or I got my personal best on this. You know, that's gotta feel cool for a bait. That yeah. That's, on. that's kind of one of the biggest perks about me taking this job was be able to reach that and, the stuff that I worked on when my first year here is just starting to hit the stores. You know, I got, Oh, see, I worked on the crash crawl with Scott Suggs. Um, the Gilly with Mike Iconelli. The Gilly is did, one of the things I'm super excited to try. When I yeah, saw that, yeah, that, when I saw that, I think at ICAST this year, I was like, Oh, that that's going to be killer for me. So. Yeah. We did the agent E with Edwin. Um, Speed boss grubs and worms with Skeet Reese. I mean, we had a huge product, a huge release. Um, did a little two-inch power swimmer, which I was so that thing just crushes crappie and panfish. I can't believe that little bait. I mean, it just hammers them over live bait when I was fishing it. Um, 
what else do we do? There's so many, there's so many projects at times. That's cool. Uh, what's been your favorite or so far that you've worked on? Oh, I knew you were going to ask that. Um, <laughs> I mean, the Gilly one ICAST, which is, I mean, that's super cool to come in the first year and um, win ICAST. It just, it blew my mind that it actually won or anything <laughs> like that. Um, the Scott Suggs bait was like something that we did from the, the, the very beginning off just script and sketch, uh, sketching an idea on notepaper. Um, the agent E was the hardest thing I've ever worked on. Okay. You know, we did, a, we did a hard nose on that to prevent the bait from ripping out, um, a fluorocarbon weed guard, which was an original idea, which I thought was original idea. Turns out Gary Klein did it back in the eighties <laughs> when I showed him. So there's, it's pretty hard to get original idea in soft baits. Um, yeah, we did a rattle in that bait, um, HD colors on it. So that one was super comp. You know, that was kind of my one of my first ones I worked on, and I had a lot of learning to do on that one. Okay, but it turned out good. Um, I'm not gonna lie, I really loved the little two inch power swimmer. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna check that, that out. That sounds interesting. Out of all the baits that I've done, I, I mean, that thing is like this big, and I've caught, I think I've caught upwards of 26 inch walleyes on it. Um, crappies just don't leave it alone tons of trout on it you know we fished it for trout tons of little smaller bass i mean it just it just catches them it's just a fun little bait that sounds cool i'm gonna write that down so i can check that out awesome um and on on those like how much of it are you like do you have to take into consideration like what line most people will be using or what rod or, or do you more like design to your own specs and let people figure that part out? It's a little bit of both, you know, obviously a four odd EWG is the most common selling hook out there. So, and there's, you know, when we talk about, you know, brands saying like they want this to fill this void or whatever in the market or whatever you want to say about that, it kind of, puts it in the place of that ballpark of what we already know we're going to do. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Right. Right. It, it kind of gives you, you know, at least gets you in the vicinity of knowing, you know, yeah, oh, we're, okay. like we're going to make a creature bait. Well, we kind of already know there's a hundred different creature baits out there. Right. So we kind of, it's already setting you up to build something off of that. Right. Right. The Gilly, that seems like uh, there wasn't, there's not a lot that is kind of like that. Where, where did that idea come from? Are you allowed to say that? I'm, yeah. So the Gilly is heavily influenced by Japanese design. Everyone, all you bass guys love Japanese, you know, their techniques and everything else. That's just kind of what we flock to, you know, they're, they're super, super picky with their stuff. Um, you know, they're that Tokyo rig, all the stuff is coming. The Nico rig, all that stuff is coming from Japan and, right. you know, we kind of started to look in that direction and Ike and Ellie did a trip over there and he's, he wanted to work on a bait with a similar idea. But, you know, when we got the idea to work on it, it's like, well, how can we make this better? Like, what, what can we do to make the gilly the gilly? Um, so obviously you guys have seen it and uh, that texture in the back there that gives it the action. Um, we put activation tabs on there. So those tabs actually catch water and force it to swim. And when we put those on there and made the mold and swam that thing, I couldn't believe my eyes looking at that. Like if you guys have seen it, you rig it through the side of the bait and the bait swims completely upright. 
Right. I mean, it stays because we have a, we put an air pocket up top of the head and there's all these fins that help guide it and everything, <coughs> everything else that I worked on with Mike to get on there. Right. And it, it turned out better than I honestly thought like it could, like, it's just blows my mind and Oh my God, the, the bass just don't leave it alone. When I saw the video from iCast, I remember thinking that looks so natural and, and, for something that's going to be mass produced, you know, it, yeah. that's not something you find like that. You know, it just, it seems like it's going to be like a one of a kind kind of thing until, you know, obviously how, how do you guys deal with, um, you know, trying to keep it, you know, your own and, and, and kind of protect it so that it doesn't get, you know, knocked off every minute. Um, there's a, there's a few soft bait patents out there. Um, it's, it's so tough to, Cause if you look way back, like, I don't know if you've ever looked at an antique fishing lure book or anything like that. Like mm -hmm. all lures stem off of that stuff. Um, it's so hard to, to protect that kind of stuff. I, I, we have some patents on hard bait stuff like that, um, that protect the design, but I don't really know how much I can go into that or, you know, what we're doing on that. Um, that's fine. It's kind of uh, hard to talk about that, you know? I imagine it's tough. I, I just, I can't even imagine, you know, you, you think you come up with something amazing and then you turn around and yeah, there's, there's a, there's a lot of, a lot of like, so, Oh my gosh, like I'll run down there and you, you won't believe how many times I like, Oh, I got this awesome idea of this worm that's going to move by itself. Right. And I go down there and I show my boss and they go back and they pull out an old prototype from eight years ago, 10 years ago of the same thing that I was thinking about. I was just like, you know, Berkeley's been doing this a long time. They got a lot <laughs> of stuff put on the shelf. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of, it's really hard to get an original idea in soft baits. Kind of got a, a bet going on with my boss right now. I think I can do it. And we got some cool stuff coming out in the future. I'm pretty excited for. Awesome. But, awesome. Do you guys generally shoot like to be ready for iCast? Is iCast a thing or is it just generally when you can do it and, and get out there? I know iCast is big for you know iCast is uh iCast doesn't dictate what we do but obviously iCast is a huge event and we definitely want to be a part of it i think you were a big part of it this year from I, I i personally didn't get to go down there this year but that's all i heard about how the booth was just busy and everyone was talking about that stuff and um i got i was uh i think i was working when i found out that it won best of show for the the whole thing and i was just like I, I couldn't i really couldn't believe it you know going in there right away and then dan dan won uh softwater chapo you know mm -hmm. he won he won a hard bait too so for the category which is i mean we had a pretty good day in the office i think we got free lunch <laughs> that's, that's never bad casey's taco no, no. for the win. <laughs> that's probably the least they could do right you know right that's got to be an amazing feeling, though, just to, to to have something, you know, that huge and to, to know that you played a big role in that. That's, I mean, got to be a special kind of feeling, I'm sure. So, yeah, and it's uh, it's not only, you know, I I'm, I'm the project manager for Soft Bay, but it's the whole team of everyone right. there. So it's a it's a win for Dan on hard baits. I mean, when I'm sitting there sketching out on that drafting paper of a bluegill. Dan Spangler has got a master's degree in fish biology and I'm not even going to lie. He was telling me my gill plate was all wrong and the specific part <laughs> of the gill plate, naming it off. And 
I had to change it, you know? So he was, it's, it's a whole win for everyone. And it felt great to bring that home. It's, it's gotta be neat to have that kind of expertise on your team. Like I was, you know, looking around at, at possibly like I'm, I'm, a, I'm an IT guy uh, for my yep. trade. And um, I was like, well, what, what kind of classes or what kind of degree would I have to get to kind of branch that way? And um, I guess it really just depends on, you know, kind of, it definitely helps. I've, I've thought about, you know, the fish biology kind of path and stuff like that. Um, but I've also thought about cat and that kind of stuff, but, you know, because yeah. cat, I think is a little more up my alley. Uh, yeah. Might be a little more easily attainable, but I also don't know, you know, what's around me that, you know, I, I think I would have to travel uh, or at least yeah. uh, change parts of the central South central PA isn't exactly a hub of <laughs> fishing. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, Dan, uh, man, that guy can fish too. He just straight catches them with his background. So it's an unfair advantage when we go out in the boat and I, <laughs> I'm, I take that to the bank. No, we've been, uh, been very fortunate. We fish, uh, I get to fish with all the top of the guys, you know, and I mean, I learned so much from everyone. It's just been, it's been truly amazing. Really. I, I can't, there's no words that can describe it. All right. I'm officially jealous. Uh <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, man. That's cool. I, I, again, it sounds absolutely amazing. Um, I was trying to think of any other questions I have any, any other parts of your job that uh, you enjoy? Is there any parts that are, you know, what's a struggle? Is there any uh, the struggle for me, and I'll be completely honest is being a construction worker going into the office. Okay. It takes a lot of work to admit, you know, it's, it's hard for us guys to say we're wrong and have to try to grow from that. <laughs> And that, that's been a struggle, uh, emailing and communications and, you know, things like that. But I'm slowly working on it and uh, hope I'm doing a better job. I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I still can't believe that I'm here. I'm super blessed. It's it's I don't work. I tell people I don't work. It's really not work. <laughs> I was going to say, um, they say if you do it's a different you love, type it's of work. work. And I think I'm getting a few more gray hairs from the stress of all the projects on my shoulders. But deadlines and it's, stuff i'm sure is yeah stressful. i wouldn't change i wouldn't change any of it though i really wouldn't awesome awesome i uh i started out uh you know uh, as a general laborer for a construction company working my way through college and uh um worked at a steel factory when i had to go to summer school as punishment my mom worked there and <laughs> she uh she's like well if you have to go to summer school since you didn't really apply yourself that year then guess what you're gonna go work in the steel factory after you get out of summer school so um, I, I definitely, you know, under came to understand what hard labor was and, you know, yeah. the value of, you know, why I was getting the education I was getting. Um, so uh, I definitely know what that side is like. Uh, I didn't do it for 10 years and I, I, I've, I know enough people in that industry and have seen, you know, kind of it is really hard on your body to to do that day in and day out. Um, well, it, it gave me a. I wouldn't, I wouldn't change any of it because it gave me a great understanding of, you know, of how to do all of that. I do it all myself here at home and help other people out when I can, you know, I, I wouldn't change anything from my past to how it got me here today. I'm truly blessed. It's just, I can't, I can't describe it, man. It's just crazy. It sounds like an amazing ride, man. And congrats. It's, yeah. That's awesome. It's been a, it's been a ride. That's for sure. 
Cool. Well, I mean, I think that's a great story and I, I thank you for sharing it with our listeners. It's, I, I can't wait to see what else you guys are coming out with. I can't wait to try the Gilly. I'm super psyched. I keep checking uh, my local uh, Dix and uh, Bass Pro to see if they got them in yet. And so far they're, they're not there yet, but uh, uh, as soon as well, I can get just my Well, give hands... me your address. I think I know a guy that can get you a few. <laughs> I might have to do that. I actually, I got a quick tip for everyone out there on that one. Awesome. Um, I like to use a uh, screw in swim bait hook. And if you look on the side of the ghillie, there are two rigging lines for the bait. That's the angle of the hook that you go through. If you put that hook right between the two rigging lines, when you pause that bait on the reel, it will fall because of the weight of the hook. It falls just like a dying bluegill all the way down. And it absolutely triggers them. And is it like most of the Berkeley baits where it actually tells you the hook to use on the side of the package? Yep. So inside the packaging, there are several different rigging options on there. You have to open it up to see it as a flip out card. Okay. You know, Carolina rig, the 90 on a drop shot. I mean, bed fishing that just hammers them. It's just like this little baby bluegill out there. A little That's perfect snack for them. Awesome. Awesome. And that, um, are the, uh, the power swimmers, are those, those out and available yet or are they coming soon yeah everything should start hitting the, the shelves this is when everything starts coming in obviously covid and everything's messed this whole world up so um right i can't right. tell you exactly where they're at or whatnot but i, I think tackle warehouse no nope, i think they're sold out already or something like that but tackle warehouse is getting hammered like uh I've yeah a few i mean things from them and they i mean it's not their fault like you said it's the supply chain stuff and everything um, but uh, at, I've ordered quite a few lures from them and it takes quite a while. I was used to yeah. when I got spoiled when I first heard about them and, you know, you, you order and get stuff like right away. And now uh, now it's taking a little bit longer. But, you know, yeah, that's to be under. Uh, it's the world we live in. But and we can survive. So, yeah, hopefully well, things come around soon. I think I think hopefully we're starting to see the daylight at the end of that tunnel. But, um, yeah. Just stay hopeful, everyone, and we'll get through it. So, um, is there anybody you want to shout out? Any thank yous or uh, any other sponsors or anything uh, you want to, you know, kind of? Yeah, uh, obviously, um, I wouldn't be where I am today without my amazing in laws, Gareth and Elena. They have been side by side, standing behind me, pushing me to do my best. So, that's the number one. Um, Berkeley, obviously. They've made me home, and I, I hope to do them proud. I really do. They kind of took a gamble on me, and I'm trying my hardest. Um, and, of course, my way, my amazing wife for uh, letting me go fishing all the time. <laughs> you know, sometimes I say I'm out field testing when I'm just fishing. <laughs> Sorry, I got to go to work, honey. Don't tell her. She can't watch this now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that's awesome, man. Uh, well, again, uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, definitely, if you Anytime. ever want to come on if you have something new that you're excited about and want to give a shout out. We do have another segment that's called um, Final Cast where they actually do product reviews and stuff. So I'm sure oh. they would love to have you on if, if possible because um, uh, that's that's what they do. Brad and uh, Josh, uh, they're uh, kind of co-podcasters of mine. Um, here okay. on the, the new show, we mostly do techniques and stuff. But when I heard your kind of your gig, yeah, it's kind of like, weird that there's two Kyle Petersons. I it's funny <laughs> when you message me, I'm like, actually, I know who you're trying to get, but I guess just throw me under the bus. <laughs> no, <laughs> I'm happy to hear your story. As 
as soon as I heard it, I'm like, oh, that sounds awesome. I, I think that yeah. would make a, a great story for everyone to hear. So I, I'm, I, it was another one of life's happy accidents and I'm, you know, glad I kind of stumbled awesome. on you, but, um, yeah, if you ever need, uh, any, uh, help getting a hold of those wired to fish guys, I might know a few to tell them to get back at you. Awesome, dude. I, I'm going to keep your name handy in my yeah. contacts for sure. Cause Perfect. I think you have uh, some pretty good connections. Just some of the names. you <laughs> mentioned. <Yep. laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you again so much. Um, and guys, uh, make sure you uh, go check out uh, all of Berkeley's awesome stuff when you get a chance. Um, should be hitting the store shelves very soon. And uh, again, I can't wait to see what you guys have coming up in the future. Yeah, it's going to be it's exciting. I'm super excited to get my stuff out there. Awesome, dude. Um, all right, guys. Well, uh, thanks for tuning in. This has been the Bass Fishing for Noobs segment on the Paddle and Fin podcast, where we bring you the techniques, the tricks, and the tips to help you rip more lips. Have a good night, everyone. Thanks, guys. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Fin. Don't forget to go check out our website at paddle, the letter N, and fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at paddle, the letter N, and fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Fin on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com.